0: Hey, Community Heights guys. Hey, I wanted you to hear the guy who's going to be speaking at our men's retreat. This is a message that he preached at his church just a few weeks ago. I wanted you to hear this because I wanted you to know what you're in for when you come to the men's retreat. So here is a recent message by Pastor Rob. And then when we are faced with a decision to make, no matter how complicated it is, don't get frozen by it. Make a decision. Make, just land somewhere. Yeah, but what if it's wrong? Pastor Chris did a great job last weekend saying, if it's the wrong decision, but you're seeking wisdom, God's going to nudge you and put you on the right path. So make a decision. This weekend, what I want us to talk about is trusting God's process. The reality is that if you look back at your life and where you are today, There are dozens and dozens and dozens of decisions you've made, little decisions, and some have turned out to be game changers for you and for me, and we had no idea at the time that they were going to be huge decisions. I want to talk to you about that, and we're going to be in Acts 20. The Apostle Paul wrote this. The Apostle Paul at this time was in a city that he loved. He had started a church there. Everything was going great in the church. And he started to get a sense that God was up to something and change was coming. Have you ever experienced a time in your life where you were in a good place, you were doing what you love to do, you were surrounded by people you love being with, and all of a sudden you got a sense that God was saying, get ready for something different. That's what Paul's going through here. So watch what he says here. I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me or testifies that in city after city, jail and suffering lie ahead but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So trust God's process. The the first thing in this whole process is that we sense that the Holy Spirit is nudging us. He's nudging us. And Paul says, I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, you know, you're sort of like, ooh, is this spooky? Like, what's going on here? If you're a follower here of Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has the ability to communicate with our spirit in nonverbal ways. So that you're going through life and you just get a sense that God's doing something. You start to feel a stirring in your spirit. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? You start to get a sense that change is coming, that something is coming. That's what the Apostle Paul's talking about. You get that nudge, and you say, okay, God, what are you up to? And as I was reading this, I I thought about my life in 1995. How many of you were not even born in 1995? All right. I'm not that old, by the way, okay? Okay. But Kelly and I were married in 1987, so in 1995, we were busy with life. She was working. I was working. We had two young kids, so we're busy raising a family. I was finishing up seminary. I was working part-time. I was doing a part-time internship at my church that we had spent a number of years at, and life was good, and the plan was that I was supposed to become part of the staff at that church. And my daughter was already in her preschool program. We lived five minutes from one of their campuses. And it was a good course for us. It was a comfortable path for us. And it was something we all wanted. And all of a sudden, in 1995, God starts to stir in me. And the more that I investigated what God was doing, the more clear it became to me that God was saying, your time at this church is done. And to show you how brave your pastor is, I said to God, if that's true, then you tell my wife. (laughs) I did. I, I actually did that. And God is so gracious, isn't he? And do you know that a short while after I said that to God, Kelly said to me, it doesn't make sense, Rob, but I feel like our time here is done and God's moving us. The end of that year, 1995, I resigned my internship at that church. And people were asking me, why are you resigning? And we said, we just get a sense that God's moving us. But where's he moving you to? We don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, why would you leave if you don't know where you're going? Because you get a sense that God's moving us. There must be a problem with the church. Are you arguing with the pastor? And we're like, no. No. The Holy Spirit nudges. And then what it causes is lots of unanswered questions. Lots of unanswered questions. I had people, well-meaning people who loved me, who came up to me, who said, Rob, you're being irresponsible, resigning, and saying you're moving when you don't know what you're moving to or where you're moving. You're a dad, you're a husband, you have to provide for your family, you have to provide for your kids. And all I could say to him was, God's nudging us forward. Here we go. Unanswered questions. When you sense God nudging you, and you say, okay, God, I know you're up to something, and God starts to give you clarity about what the step he's asking you to take. Is the thing that's holding you back the unanswered questions? See, the apostle Paul said, I don't know what awaits me. We get this idea that walking the life as a follower of Jesus, we're going to have all of the details, we're going to have this GPS in front of us, and God's going to show us every step we have to take, every trial, every hardship, so that we see the whole picture in advance. And that is not what the Bible teaches us. See, God doesn't give us the details because he knows we can't handle them. What's the last word? Yet. This Easter will be 24 years that Kelly and I have been at Bethel. If God would have shown us 24 years again, or 24 years ago, if God would have shown us all of the heartache, all of the tears, all of the sleepless nights we would have, there is no way we would have come. 24 years into this journey, seeing the impact that this church has had on me and my family and my marriage. Seeing the impact, the legacy that this church has made in the lives of my adult kids who are serving in their home church in New York City. Seeing the fruit that we've been partners with you here in God over the last 23 years. There's no way we could ever say no to it. But see, God doesn't give us the details because at the time, we can't handle it yet. Because God has to do more in me so he can do more through me later. You ever see that movie, I Want the Truth? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> see, what God is saying is, Rob, if I gave you all the details, you would be so scared you would never step out. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? See, the Bible says, God, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So God nudges you and says, let's go. Where am I going? I'm not telling you that. What's going to happen? I'm not telling you that. How many steps do I have to take? I'm not telling you that. See, God doesn't give you details. God gives you the next step. Take one step. But we're smart enough to see there's a whole series of steps I'm going to have to take. God, what all is involved in this? And God's like, just take the step in front of you. See, Psalm 119, God, your word is a lamp to guide my feet, a light for my path. The word the Bible uses for lamp here is this lamp that they would carry back in Bible times. There was no street lights, no electricity. And so if you're in a town or you're walking from town to town at night, you had this lamp that you carried down low and you kept it by your feet. And the lamp was designed to show you about three or four feet of light And so all you could literally see in front of you was one or two steps. So you could go on a mile journey and all you could ever see in front of you is one or two steps at a time. That is the word that God uses to talk about that's the way he guides us in life. One step at a time. What's the step God's asking you to take? Take it. Take it. Let us then come boldly to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the moment when we need it. I love this verse. To find grace to help us at the moment we need it, not in advance. See, your word is a lamp to my feet. It's not a spotlight to show me the final destination. It's one step at a time. And I say to God, God, I want to know what step 9, 10, and 11 are. God's like, Rob, you can't even handle steps three, four, and five right now. No way I'm going to tell you what the last steps are. And here's the reality. When we start our journey with God, he promises us grace along the way, and he gives us the grace we need at the moment we need it, not before. And so if he were to give us all the details, none of us would ever move. And that is where we have to say, I choose to believe in faith. God has me, and God can be trusted, and that's good enough for me, so I'm willing to take a step. But see, we, we say to God, God, I, I need more details. I need more certainty. And God says, Rob, I'm not giving you more details. Take the step. What's the step? What's the nudge that God's giving you that you have to make a decision about to step out? Yeah, but Pastor Rob, I need more certainty before I can step out. Okay, you want more certainty? Here's some certainty. God's promise to you is that His plans for you are good to give you a future and a hope. How's that for certainty? You want more certainty? Jesus promised He would never leave you, He would never forsake you. How's that for certainty? You want more certainty? The Bible promises that life will knock you down at times, but it will not be allowed to destroy you because God will make sure that you get back up and that you're victorious in Jesus Christ. How's that for certainty? See, we're looking for certainty in the wrong ways. God is saying, Rob, you're more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. You can do it. Keep going. And I have to choose to trust God. I have to choose to live the life of faith because I don't know what's ahead of me, which is why the Bible says without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. What's the nudge in your life that God's giving you? What's the step that he's asking you to take? The decision you make to take that step could alter the course of your life. Go for it. Go for it. The Spirit's going to nudge you. There's going to be lots of unanswered questions. The last thing, be ready for the spiritual opposition that's coming because it's coming. See, the Apostle Paul says, the Holy Spirit tells me, he's testifying to Paul that in city after city, jail and suffering lie ahead. Wouldn't it be so cool if the life of following Jesus was pain-free and trial-free and turmoil-free? It's not the life we have, is it? If you're not ready to face spiritual opposition for your obedience to God, you're not ready to lead or to be used by God. It's that simple. The calendar year that just finished, 19, or I'm sorry, 2019. In so many different ways was the most difficult year that I've ever had, as far as opposition goes, as far as spiritual warfare goes. It was just coming at me from all sorts of different ways. It was coming at me nonstop throughout the year, in small ways, in medium ways, in big ways. It was relentless. It just kept coming. And this past summer, I was really, I was just feeling beaten up. And I had an opportunity to go away to a conference. And I said to my wife and I said to a few others, hey, pray for me as I go. I really need God to show up. And to give me, you know, to renew my strength, to give me some freshness, because I'm feeling really beaten up right now. Have you ever felt like that before? And so I had to drive six, seven hours to get to this conference. I used the time alone in my car to just be with God, to talk to God. And I was just asking God, just give me the strength to keep moving, because I'm dazed and confused right now. And I'm at this conference, and things were going well. And they had a lunch one day where they invited pastors to come to. So I went to that lunch, and one of the people at that conference, or at that lunch, rather, was a pastor I'd never met before. And he stood up and spoke for about 10 minutes at that lunch. And when he sat down, God nudged me and said, I want you to talk to him. I said, I don't even know him. I don't even know him. And I just sort of dismissed it and blew it off. Isn't it crazy how we pray for God to renew us? Isn't it crazy how we pray for God to give us a fresh vision? And when God nudges us, we blow off his nudge. And as the lunch was wrapping up, I just knew that God was saying, I want you to talk to that guy. I want you to talk to that guy. So we prayed, and as soon as we were done praying, I made my way over to him. I introduced myself, and I said, listen, I'm not some wacko, but... I just feel prompted by God. I just feel nudged by God. Can we sit and talk? And he said, absolutely. And he was so gracious. And we sat down. And as I'm sitting down, I'm saying to myself, I don't even know what I'm going to say. What am I going to say? I don't know this guy. And I just said to God, all right, here we go. And I started to share with this guy who I just met all the spiritual opposition that was going on in my life personally, in my marriage, in my family, at church. And he looked at me and he said, Satan's really coming after you. He said, Satan's out to destroy you, he's out to destroy your marriage. He's out to destroy your family. He's out to destroy your staff. And he's out to destroy your church. He said, what are you going to do about it? I said, I I, I don't know. I said, I don't know. I said, I feel like I've taken all these body blows and I'm down on the mat. He said, well, what are you going to do? And he looked at me and he said, those who are victorious in Jesus, get up and punch the devil harder than they've been punched because you're victorious in Jesus Christ. So get up and start punching and keep moving forward. And he looked at me and he said, why are you surprised about the spiritual opposition that's going on around you? He said, do you realize that when you face the greatest spiritual opposition, it's because the enemy knows the greatest blessing is right behind the spiritual opposition. And the enemy wants you to give up. See, here's, so here's my message to all of you. You can say, you know what? I've never been under more stress, under more you know, heartache than I am right now. You can stop where you are and not listen to the nudging of the Spirit in your life. That could be your decision. It's a bad one because you will still experience the hurt and the pain and you will never experience the blessing God has for you. So what are you going to do? What's your decision? See, never let spiritual opposition keep you from making the decision to follow Jesus. Your greatest joy is on the other side of your greatest spiritual opposition. Why are we surprised at there's spiritual opposition? Didn't Jesus tell us to expect it? Doesn't the apostle Paul tell us to expect it? 2019 was by far the most challenging year in my life. For all those reasons that I mentioned. 2019, by far, was the year of greatest blessing that I ever had in my life. Personally, in my marriage, in my family. This church has been around for 100 plus years. 2019 was the year of greatest blessing we've ever experienced as a church. See, a year ago, I would have said to you, Don't let your spiritual opposition keep you from moving forward because your greatest joy is on the other side of your greatest spiritual opposition. And I would have told you that and believed it up here. Today, I stand before you as your pastor, and I tell you this, and I tell you it's true, and I believe it because I believe it here, and I experienced it. So what are you going to do? What's your decision? The Spirit's nudging you. You have unanswered questions. And if you move forward, you are going to face all sorts of spiritual warfare. Hell's going to break free in your life. What are you going to do? The greatest blessing that God has for you. you got to get through the spiritual opposition. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Your God is a good God. His plans for you are good to give you a future and a hope. Teddy's story illustrated that beautifully. God's still writing your story. Do not stop now because the best is yet to come. I cannot wait to see what God does for each of us in 2020. Hey, will you stand with me, please? Let's pray. I will sing one more and we'll be done. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Give us the courage we need, the faith we need to move forward. Give us the ability, Lord, to listen to what you're doing around us, to sense that prompting, that nudging. Give us the faith we need to take the step in spite of our unanswered questions. And, Lord, give us the courage we need to face the spiritual opposition. It's real. It's there. More is coming but greater is he who is in us than anyone or anything that is in the world. We thank you for it. We pray it in your son's precious name and we agree with this prayer and said, amen. amen.